Welcome to the Mama Say Fit Podcast, Birth Story Friday. In this episode, Jordan is going to be sharing her birth story, where she dealt with some prenatal anxiety and then also had a hospital birth with an epidural after a pretty fast labor after her water broke. Welcome to the Mama Say Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Say Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. In today's episode, Jordan is going to be sharing her pregnancy and birth story. During her pregnancy, she was dealing with some prenatal anxiety, concerned that something might be wrong with her son, Fortunately, everything was fine. The baby was perfect when he was born and there was no complications during her pregnancy or her birth. And then she's going to share her birth story. Her water broke. Contractions happened shortly after that. Her baby was born about six hours after contractions began, so it was pretty quick for a first-time mom. She did get an epidural and changed her mind from wanting unmedicated birth. I was her doula, so she did have an opportunity to yell at me in the middle of her birth when she was wanting to get an epidural, and I was trying to encourage her to stick to her plan. But she did get an epidural, and then everything was pretty uncomplicated from there, and baby was born shortly after that. So we're really excited to have Jordan come on the podcast to share her story. Thank you, Jordan, for being here to share your birth story that I very luckily got to be a birth doula for. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So tell us your birth story. So how was your pregnancy? How did you prepare for birth? And what was your journey to your birth? So pregnancy was relatively easy. I did have a lot of morning sickness and a lot of food aversions. I didn't really have like cravings for anything, but a lot of food aversions and kind of like what you see in the movies, like you eat something and then all of a sudden you're like super sick and have to like run out of the room. I had like my own little like stall at work. So people <laughs> knew like not to use it because it was at my beck and call whenever I needed it. But other than that, it was fairly easy. I had a really healthy pregnancy, which was great. Um, my son was good the whole way through. I did have like a lot of anxiety about certain things. I think just stemming from my mom's birth experiences and growing up and watching her, I just had a lot of things in my head that I thought could go wrong or I was constantly thinking about it. But I think the tools that, you know, my spouse and I had at our fingertips really helped like you. And then I also had a therapist and just like some friends that have gone through pregnancy and stuff. So that was really helpful. But other than that, it was a a relatively smooth first pregnancy, which I'm very thankful for. Was there anything specific that you did to help you kind of cope with anxiety? I know that there was a few times that you would text me about being nervous that something was wrong with baby. Was there anything that you did to kind of help with that anxiety? Because I know it's something that a lot of folks have issues with. Especially first time moms, I feel like a lot of us like have no idea what to expect. And everyone's birth experience is so different and pregnancy is so different. So like you could ask so many questions, but at the end of the day, like you could have a totally different experience compared to everybody else. 
So what my husband and I did, we actually went to a sonogram studio in Southern Pines. I think it's called like Little Bo Peep. Mm -hmm. So they do more sonograms kind of like at appointment where I didn't realize that you don't get a lot of sonograms at your, like during like normal doctor visits, you get like four, if that. So we would go every month just so like I could see my son and just make sure he was growing and watching him move. We would get, you know, pictures, videos. I even got like a little like stuffed animal with his heartbeat. So like when I would get freaked out or like nervous, I would like hit the the stuffed animal so I could listen to him every day. So just like kind of reminding myself that like if something was wrong, mom instinct would take over. You you would just kind of know that something was wrong. But otherwise I think just not being afraid to ask questions was probably like a big thing, which I texted you all the time about random things. I'm like, can I eat cookie dough ice cream? And you're like, yes, Jordan, you can eat cookie dough ice cream. <laughs> it like wasn't a big deal at all. But like at that moment, I was like so scared to do like the tiniest thing. So just asking questions. <laughs> so how was your birth? So tell us about like leading up to your birth and let's dive into your birth story. So I was actually like looking back on all of this stuff because I couldn't remember. Like, I feel like there's been so much that's <laughs> happened since then. So I was like, let me go back. And I texted you the day, like earlier in the day before I went into labor. And I was like, this isn't happening. Like what's going on? I was just at 40 weeks. It was like the day before or the day of his due date. And I was like, upset and you're like just cry it out it's fine like just relax like it's okay and the rest of that day I just walked I walked four miles like I was like I'm getting this baby out whether he likes it or not like it's happening I was getting ready for bed and I remember just thinking like I was just like so defeated I was like it's another day with no baby like no movement like let's like I'm just I'm ready it was probably like an hour after I texted you. I was getting into bed and I felt like a pop. And I was like, ooh, that's not normal. Like that was not something I'd, I'd felt before. And I texted you that and I was like, hey, do you know, like this, it's not gushing and it's not, like, I don't think it's my water, but it didn't feel normal. And you're like, well, just like time your contractions. And I still have my contraction app with like all of the, <laughs> the different times. And it's funny because you see it's like, three contractions that were like three minutes apart. And then there was like a 20 minute break. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like a minute, two minutes, like one minute, one minute, one minute, one minute. And it's like, okay, that's kind of like where it went into play. But I like remember thinking like, this feels like Braxton Hicks, but it feels much more intense. And then out of nowhere, it was like Braxton Hicks was gone and it was like full throttle. We are in labor. Like there was no like building up to it. So we got to the hospital and the lady at the front in the ER, she's like, oh, are you in labor? And I was like, I, I hope so. Like I'm <laughs> sitting here like screaming. And um, so Caleb went and, you know, parked the car, did all that and then rolled me up and we checked into labor and delivery. And I remember you weren't there quite yet because we had to like wait to just double check that I was in labor, which we were all pretty certain that I was. <laughs> and the lady asked me to pee in a cup. And I remember having like a contraction while I was trying to do that. 
And like all sense of privacy, like went out the window. Like I did not care if my lady bits were out to the world. Like I just needed to like get in a comfortable position because like what was going on with my body was something I'd never imagined it feeling like and never experienced. So it was just like a little rough in the beginning which is kind of funny because I'm like very private. Like I don't like that. But like in that moment, Caleb was like trying to cover me with like a sheet. He's like, Jordan, like, let's try to be like a little modest. And I'm like, no, like I don't care. Like it is out. It is happening. We're, we're doing this. So she was like, yeah, I, I think you're, you're definitely in labor. So she moved us to our actual room. And that's when you showed up, which was great. Cause I feel like it was just starting to get really intense then and I was just starting to be introduced to the rest of the staff. And I think that was like one of the things we talked about was I was super afraid of having bad healthcare staff in my labor and delivery room. So like you were kind of like my security blanket with that and making sure that if I couldn't advocate for myself, you would, which is funny because I ended up changing my mind completely from what I originally wanted. So I think we we were in there for a little bit and I was in a lot of pain and I was like, I'm getting the epidural. And you were like, okay, like if that's, if that's what you want. And I remember we were sitting there waiting for the epidural and you were like, you know, Jordan, like there's still time if you want to wait. And I was like, Gina, no, <laughs> like we are getting, we are getting the epidural. And it was like night and day is what Caleb described it as. Like I was like, not okay. I was like, in pain. And then all of a sudden the epidural went in, which I was freaked out about, but it ended up being like my saving grace. And and we got that. So that was, that was good. So then once we got the epidural, I feel like it's kind of like a twilight. Like I remember things, but I don't remember things at the same time. I remember being worried that I was going to be completely paralyzed and I wasn't going to be able to move, which would freak me out. But I was able to move my legs still. It wasn't that bad. And I remember like shaking a lot, which I know is normal, but I don't think you realize, at least I didn't realize, like you would watch people shake in their birth video or in little TikToks or whatever, but like they're violent. They're really violent, (laughs) which it's not scary. It's just like this uncontrollable thing that like you have no control over. So it was just kind of strange. I remember pushing for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like everyone stepped out of the room and Carissa, my nurse was in there and she was like, we are going to stop pushing because baby's heart rate's dropping. So I was freaked out immediately as soon as she said that. And I was like, well, what do we need to do? She's like, just rest. I think it was about an hour and a half hour. It wasn't that long that we just kind of sat there and I vaguely remember talking about Disney stuff with you because I was like, this is going to make me feel better right now. And like, I know Gina just went to Disney. So we were talking about that. And then I remember her saying like, when you feel like you need to go to the bathroom, like that's when you need to call us back in. So I was like, okay. So it wasn't that long. We went in to like start to finish. We went in probably around 1045 and Noah was born at 551 a.m. And pushing him out was the craziest experience ever. I wasn't ready for how fast pushing would go, I guess for me, because like I was anticipating, you know, a lot of first time moms, they have issues with pushing and it takes forever. I feel like with my labor and delivery, there was no time to pause. Like I was dilating 
super fast, like pushing was super fast. So that was something I wasn't expecting. I was expecting more of a, a slow, calmer birth, but it was, it was still calm, I guess, because I had the epidural. So that kind of helped, but it was a lot quicker than I was anticipating. So so how did you feel when, because the nurses kind of like ran in all at once and started like flipping you around and I don't think anyone was saying anything to you at that point. And in those situations, like I usually know what is happening, but I don't want to like say what I think is happening just in case I'm wrong. So what were you feeling in that moment when essentially nobody was telling you like what was going on until I think at some point I asked one of the nurses, like, can you tell them what's happening so that they can know that, like, we don't have to, like, no one's dying right now? How are you feeling in that moment? I mean, it was definitely scary. I just remember Carissa, my nurse, saying, you know, like, the baby's heart rate is dropping and you're, I think mine was rising. So, like, I was like, I just need to stay calm. And I think, too, this might sound weird, but I was like, if I don't hear any, like, beeping noises like I don't I don't know why like I was if the monitor beeped and it kept beeping like that to me would signal that something was wrong but it wasn't doing that so I think I was just trying to stay calm to make sure that like I wasn't losing control of my heart rate and that would help him but it was definitely kind of freaky at first because it was like commotion and everything was going on and everyone's moving and all these things are happening. And then all of a sudden, everyone just left. <laughs> it was like the party was over. We're done. But there's no baby. We're like, what What? What just happened? <laughs> so just happy that you were obviously there because I felt like every time Carissa came in and spoke, she was great. Like absolutely loved her so much. But it was also great too, because as soon as she left the room, I had like six more questions and you were right there to help Caleb and I, because we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so what were some things that you felt really contributed towards a positive experience for you? Definitely having, we talked about earlier, like the anxiety for me, like that was a big issue. So just having constant tools at my fingertips just kept it positive. Like having you, having my therapist, I had an app that would show me what was going on with him. And then also to what was to expect for myself. And I could always skip ahead. So I could look to see like what was going on. Definitely just going to that sonogram studio all the time, because whenever I felt like I needed to see him, I could. And having that heartbeat just to like remind myself like everything's good, his heart's good, like he's in the safest place in me. So I'm just reminding that and just having great healthcare, I think was a huge thing. I was really worried about that, especially in labor, just not having people that would listen to me or would explain things well. So just having a lot of tools and doing a lot of research, I think helped kind of not take away the anxiety, but just kind of give me a different way to deal with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely thought that your nurse was probably one of the best nurses that I've had at yes. that hospital. She was phenomenal at explaining things, like really advocating for you as a nurse, which I think is probably one of the biggest roles that nurses can play for their patients. So yeah. she was great. I thought like she definitely contributed like really positively towards the experience. Was there anything that you wish was different or you wish you knew more about beforehand that you think you might do for like a subsequent pregnancy? So I probably would do more activity with my next pregnancy just because it is so hard on your body. Like don't like it's just not for me to to work out hardcore, but definitely like more yoga, more walking. 
I would also try to advocate a little bit more for myself. I think one of the worst things during this whole process, I had my very first appointment at my doctor's office. And I remember talking to my therapist beforehand. She reminded me like, hey, like make sure you come with a list of questions because they're going to go so fast. They do this every day. Like it's just another appointment for them. But for Caleb and I, it was a huge deal. It was our first doctor's appointment, our first pregnancy. So we had a ton of questions and I remember her just like blowing all of them off. She's like, you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about this right now. You're not even there yet. So don't worry about it. And then also too, she like just flat out told me like, first thing she said to me, she was like, you're overweight. And I was just kind of like shocked and like this exciting moment for Caleb and I, and I'm being told not to worry and that I'm overweight, which is like the complete opposite of what you want to hear at that time. I remember we talked about it too. I was like, the doctor said I'm overweight. Like, is this a problem? And you're like, no, like it's fine. Like the baby's growing, he's healthy, like everything's good. So I think just kind of like taking, I guess, other people's advice or opinion within reason and just kind of blowing it off. Like, obviously, if it was something medical, like I would have listened, but like hearing stuff like that throughout your pregnancy, I think can really hurt the process or like enjoying the process of it. So I think I would kind of advocate for myself more and just take stupid things like that with a grain of salt, because at the end of the day, like my son's great. He's healthy because I ate cheeseburgers and milkshakes during my pregnancy. Like it's fine. Totally. It was fine. So is there any advice that you have for our listeners or that you would give to yourself if you were, if you can go back and talk to yourself before your pregnancy or before your birth? Yeah, probably, like I said, just to not listen to certain people and what they have to say. I think the biggest thing you can do for people that are pregnant is just reach out. Like they don't want your advice. They don't want your recommendations unless they specifically ask for it. But like the biggest thing, like just reach out to your friends if they are pregnant and just tell them that you're thinking of them and hope everything's going well. I feel like there's so much change going on during pregnancy. It's just nice to have like somebody message you and be like, hey, like you're not alone. (laughs) Like it's okay. So if you have friends do that, just like listening to your body again, like there's so many things that say like you should be doing this and that. If you don't want to work out hardcore and you don't want to eat super healthy, don't eat super healthy. Like just eat what you want to eat. I think that was like the biggest thing for me. And like Holly, my therapist, she said, she's like, you eating a salad, because I would get sick with salads. She was like, if you eat a salad and throw it up, like he's not getting any nutrients. So like if you want a burger or fries, like just eat it. Like it's going to be okay. So I think just like not having like a stigma about, what you think you should be doing and just listening to your body and and yourself. What's your favorite part of motherhood? Just to spring a surprise question. (laughs) I think it's probably like just watching him grow. Like it's so true what they say about like not knowing a type of love until you have a child. And it's like the greatest gift ever. Like I have Caleb, my husband and me just combined into this little tiny human and he's learning new things every day. And he's, he's at the point now where he's kind of getting his personality and starting to communicate. So that's a lot of fun to watch. It's like, you find yourself like 
with him and like you just need a couple minutes to yourself. And then as soon as you have those couple minutes, you're like scrolling through your phone, looking at all the pictures and the videos. And you're like, oh, look how cute he was. And it's like so many people say like, it's going to go by so fast. And I like try to remind myself, like, I'm so tired of cleaning bottles and doing diapers. But like at some point, like I'm going to miss that aspect of it. So just taking it all in one diaper at a time, one diaper and one bottle at a time. But it's a lot of fun. For me, especially, I think mental health was just such a big part of my pregnancy and just not being afraid, I guess, like in quotations, to be that mom and finding tools and good healthcare workers that are going to listen to you and be on your side. Like there was a the night I went into triage just because I thought Noah like wasn't moving as much. The doctor like thanked me for coming in. He's like, you know, Noah's fine, but like, thank you so much for coming in because some moms wouldn't have done that. And I, that was huge going from the one that just told me I was overweight (laughs) to the one that's like thanking me for coming in and being proud of me, I think was, was a good thing. So find a good group of people for your mental health and like good healthcare workers that will be on your side and listen to you. And push everybody out because <laughs> at the end of the day, they don't matter. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your birth story with me again, since I was there and then with our listeners. So thank you so much for being here, Jordan. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Gina. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. <laughs> In today's episode, Jordan was talking about how she was dealing with prenatal anxiety that really revolved around something being wrong with her son or something happening to her son. And so this concern may be something that a lot of us are dealing with either subtly where it's just kind of lingering in the back of our mind or maybe more overtly where it's like interfering with your ability to live your life. If it's interfering with your ability to live your life, seeking professional help can be very helpful to help you find coping mechanisms to deal with this. If it's even just a little bit more subtly, working with a therapist can still be super beneficial. Jordan talked about how she worked with a therapist throughout her pregnancy to help with her anxiety. And I think that's something that all of us can really benefit from as well. Some things that I found to be really helpful for me during my pregnancies when I was kind of dealing with this worry, which I found to be a lot more prominent after my pregnancy losses, was one, I had a lot of ultrasounds during my pregnancies. My provider did a bunch of them for me during my first and second trimester, knowing my history with recurrent pregnancy loss. And then I also paid out of pocket to go to like a local boutique. And I found just seeing baby on the monitor, seeing them like moving, seeing their heart rate and everything just made me feel a lot more confident and everything was going really well with my pregnancy. Other things that I did was I also did kick counts, but not necessarily like the number of kicks within like a two hour period. I was looking more for like trends throughout the day. So I'd have a note on my phone that I would just write, okay, at 8 a.m. every morning, baby is like moving a lot. And then at 12 a.m., the baby is moving a lot. And so I would just kind of like note throughout my day, like times of activity. And then if there was any sort of like deviation from this, this could let me know that maybe something was wrong. The other thing that Jordan talked about doing that was really helpful for her is if she had a concern, and this is something that I always recommend to my doula clients, if you're ever concerned about your baby, like if there's any sort of decreased movement or like lack of movement where like they normally would move, I would recommend just going in and seeing your provider. Unfortunately, she had a provider who was super compassionate, who thanked her for coming in and saying, hey, I'm really glad you came in. Like, I'd rather you come in and there be not an issue than for you to stay at home and just pretend like nothing was going on. 
going on. And so you could always go in and see your provider if you're ever concerned that there's decreased movement or maybe a lack thereof movement, because that's a good way for baby to kind of let us know that something might be going on. And then like Jordan was talking about, like trusting kind of your intuition with this as well. Roxanne, what are some things that you're doing during your pregnancy now to help you feel confident that everything is going well? And what are some things that let you know that maybe you should seek additional care? So during my pregnancies, I'm always worried about potentially something being wrong or even stillbirth up until the day that I deliver, just because I, with my experience in labor and delivery, you never know what could possibly happen. Like baby could be fine one day and not the next. And that was like a really big fear of mine for all of my pregnancies to include this one. Until baby started moving, like I was super, super anxious. And I have the experience with using a handheld Doppler. So I did buy one off of Amazon. I do not recommend this unless you have like the experience because it could actually increase your anxiety a little bit for some if you aren't using it in the way where you're actually getting baby's heart rate. Or it could give you false reassurance that like when you listen to it, you think you're hearing baby's heart rate when it's actually not. So I don't recommend that unless you do have experience with a Doppler, but that really did give me a lot of reassurance that baby was fine. Also getting ultrasounds often during that first trimester until baby started moving and giving me that like feedback of like, hey, I'm doing okay in here because I'm moving. With both of my first pregnancies, I did not feel movement immediately because I had that like anterior placenta where baby was like movements were muffled by the placenta. So I worked labor and delivery, so I had access to an ultrasound. So I would ultrasound myself just to see baby and see baby's heart rate just to know that they're doing okay until they started moving around like 20 weeks. And then that just gave me reassurance that baby was fine. If like the day went by and I noticed by the end of the day that, hey, I don't remember feeling baby move at all. I would kind of just sit down and drink some water, like really, really cold water and potentially eat like something really sugary because that's just what I enjoy normally. So never had a problem with being like, oh, I have to eat a cookie to see if my baby will move. Okay. So I would do that like before going to bed because that's usually when they were most active just to make sure that they were doing okay. But it almost became like obsessive in a way because I was so, so, so nervous that something would happen to them. They never did have any like decreased movements, thankfully, but it was something that I probably should have sought help for earlier. I definitely had a therapist with my second pregnancy, but not with my first because I probably had just like all of that reassurance with the Doppler and having access to an ultrasound a lot more with my first pregnancy. But with the second one, having that like anxiety, seeing a therapist during my pregnancy just for not just life, but also pregnancy concerns was really, really beneficial just to have that neutral party to tell my fears to without worrying about like judgment or like comforting almost in a way. Like I didn't need them to like tell me everything was going to be okay. I just needed to tell somebody. With this pregnancy, uh, it's been so different. I don't have that anterior placenta. It's posterior. So I've been feeling movements like insane amounts, which has been really, really reassuring to me that everything is okay in there. So I think being really in tune with my body and my baby and like their movements, this pregnancy has been really beneficial for my anxiety and worry. Like there's always going to be some anxiety about is baby going to be okay? Because they're really not like you don't have that like for sure reassurance until they're like on the outside. But 
it has been like nice to know that she is super, super active and uh, she is letting me know that she is doing okay in there. But with pregnancy, this is a very common concern that we have. Like people come to triage or will call triage on labor and deliveries with this concern that maybe something is off. If someone comes in for decreased movements from their baby, like I'm always glad to take care of them and reassure them, hopefully, that everything is okay. Like they will come into triage as soon as I could possibly get them in there and I immediately put them on the monitor so that they can hear their baby's heart rate and let them know that baby is doing okay. Because I would never want someone to feel like they are burdening their labor and delivery by coming in every single day. We had one patient come in literally every single day from the moment she hit 30 weeks until she delivered her baby because she just had this feeling that something was off. And I wanted her to trust that feeling. And she did have that feeling for a reason because she did end up losing her baby. So now I always tell anybody if they feel like something is off, they needed to come in and be seen because there's nothing worse than someone almost telling you like, oh, don't worry about it. Like sometimes babies are just sleeping and then you don't go to the hospital and then like you go in like a couple days later and like your baby had passed a couple days ago and maybe they could have done something. There's no way to know. So if you're ever concerned that your baby isn't moving, just go to labor and delivery. Even if like maybe they're moving still, but they're moving less than you're used to, go to labor and delivery and just make sure that baby is okay. You don't need to like sit there and try to drink cold water and eat sugary foods, which yes, that is something that could, if they're in a sleep cycle, that could wake them up to give you that reassurance that baby is okay. But if baby is not doing okay, that cold water or those sugary drinks or food is not going to make baby better. So it's better to do all of that on your way to the hospital and then you get to the hospital and hopefully nothing is wrong rather than staying at home for a couple more hours trying to get baby to move when potentially that is time that we could have intervened. Something that's also common that we've been told is that, oh, well, as your pregnancy progresses, your baby will move less because there's less room. And that's not necessarily true. Baby is still moving up until the moment you deliver that baby. Baby is still moving within your womb. It's just not going to be as pronounced, potentially. Like, you're not going to have the big movements like they were when they were smaller, because they, again, they do have a lot more room when they're like 20 weeks versus when they're 40 weeks. But they should still be moving. They may be different types of movements that you're maybe not used to counting as movements because they could either just be more subtle or not as like big rolling movements as you're used to, but they are still movements that baby should be doing even at 37, 38, 39 weeks. So if you feel like baby hasn't moved, even though you're past 37 weeks, again, go in. It's better to get baby checked out and know that they're fine than to potentially wait in the opposite be true. So one of the reasons that a lot of providers will harp on kick counts so much is because the reason that we're doing these kick counts and monitoring baby's movements is because this could be a way to prevent stillbirth in those preventable stillbirth cases. Sometimes it can happen and there's nothing that we can do necessarily for those cases, but there are times where baby is giving us the signs that they are not doing well inside and they need to be born. 
So when they decrease their movements, that is a sign that they are no longer thriving and potentially we need to implement interventions to help them. So with the kid counts, a lot of people do find that it's almost more anxiety inducing by sitting down for like two hours and like counting baby's movements and remembering when to do that. So if that is potentially more anxiety inducing, it is actually not the most effective way to monitor baby's movements. It is more so effective to monitor baby's like normal movement patterns. So at like 10 a.m., baby's normally moving a ton. At 2 p.m., babies move in a ton. So like at those, there's certain times that babies are usually most active, such as like my daughter right now at 7 p.m., she kicks up a storm and it's always when we're filming or recording a podcast. So if one day at 7 p.m., she no longer was moving as much, that would be a concern because that is a change in her normal movement patterns. That is a more accurate way to kind of monitor your baby's movements and notice changes that potentially could be signs that something is wrong than the kick counts can be. And so if you're dealing with prenatal anxiety during your pregnancy, and especially if those concerns are revolving around baby's well-being, know that there are tools available for you to monitor your baby. And at any point you are concerned about your baby or concerned about yourself, going and seeing your provider is a really great option. At no point should anyone make you feel bad about coming in, like you're not burdening anybody or wasting anybody's time. We all want to be there to help support you and to ensure that you and your baby are safe and to ensure that you and your baby are having a positive positive and fulfilling experience as well. Thanks for joining us today and listening to this episode. If you want more support throughout your pregnancy, join our prenatal fitness programs in childbirth education course. If you need more support after birth, join our postpartum fitness programs and education courses. If you're a professional, we offer birth worker and fitness trainer courses so you can learn from us and earn CEUs. Explore all of our courses on our website at mamastayfit.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow our podcast to be notified when we release new episodes leave a review, share with your friends, family, everybody you know. We release new episodes every Wednesday and new birth stories every Friday.